0: Hello and welcome to this special edition of Open Sources Guelph from CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Coming up soon, you will be hearing also the voice of my co host, Scotty Hertz. So, Open Sources is CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show, and you can find us on CFRU every Thursday at 5 p.m. as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world, and sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians. For this special election edition of the podcast, though, we are bringing you our candidate interviews by the ward. So we are starting with Ward 1, or maybe not starting with Ward 1, you could be listening to any number of these, or just listening to one, or listening in in any order, but for this episode, we're doing Ward 1. So we're going to play the interviews that we did with four of the candidates running in Ward 1, and they are in alphabetical order. Michelle Bowman, Aaron Caton, Dan Gibson, and Chidi Nwene. So I will throw it to the candidates and our interviews, and we will see what the people running in Ward 1 have to say for themselves, starting right now. Okay, Michelle Bowman, thank you so much for hopping on today.
1: Thanks very much for having me and for all you do to educate Guelph on political issues.
0: Oh, well, uh, people know me, people know you. You ran federally in the last federal election. So uh, what have you been up to lately?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess um, I just recovered from the federal election and It was kind of a reflective summer, um, whether or not to stay really heavily involved in the Green Party of Canada or to run municipally. I've been thinking about both for a long time. And so, yeah, I just spent the summer really reflecting on what I wanted to do.
0: Mm. Well, let's talk about the transition then Um, running to be a a Green MP for for Guelph uh, to running for... Uh, a city councilor position, I guess, Um, you know, are you able to talk about a lot of the same things that you're interested in, like being the federal representative as, you know, being a city representative? Are they kind of two different beasts that you're trying to wrangle? You know, is there, but is there a lot of crossover, you know?
1: Yeah, I'd say there's definitely a lot of crossover. I think more and more issues, we have big issues to tackle and they need to be tackled. Um, from all three levels of government as well as outside government so I feel happy I can work on the issues that are important to me that were important to me federally and maybe even more so municipally because that's where the real action happens is locally so.
0: Can you talk specifically about uh, the local action and you know what what, like what like what kind of effect can you have locally that maybe you couldn't have as if you were the um, you know one of a handful of MPs uh, for the Green Party sitting in Parliament right now?
1: Yeah, I think, well, climate change is, I think, the issue of the day. And this is where the emissions happen. It's coming from people's cars, from people's homes, from industries in the community. Um, So I think there's lots we can do with respect to climate change and also social justice. So um, for me, I got into this game because of the environment, but I'm equally as passionate about social issues. And I think they're they're completely linked. So, for me, if I can make people's lives in Guelph easier and better, they'll have more energy to put towards the bigger issues. So I mm-hmm. I just saw all the pieces of the puzzle kind of fitting together at the local level.
0: Interesting. And and for people who may not live in Ward 1 and uh, haven't seen your your signs, you've been doing signs differently as sort of a reflection of that.
1: Yes, yeah. Um, both um, for the federal election and the municipal election, I used reusable shopping bags um, for lawn signs for residential homes. Um, I tried using them all around Ward 1 this time, but... Pretty much all my boulevard signs are gone. So actually tonight I'm putting up it it hurt me to do it, but I printed 50 plastic signs just for the bigger, bigger roads and those will go up tonight. So.
0: is that because people you know, we, we hear a lot about the sign vandalism that's going on, or maybe people just really need a shopping bag?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it I think it's a bit of both that they're just a bit <laughs> easier to lift. And um and yeah, unfortunately there's been a lot of vandalism in. I don't know if it's more prevalent in ward
0: one. I think it is, but Mm. Uh, ward one vastly different beast than the previous ward one in this election. Uh, It is one of the four right. I was going to say ridings. Now I'm getting confused by federal and local, (laughs) but (laughs) it's one of the four wards that essentially has an open seat right now. Um, So as you're sort of like going out and talking to people, you know, again admitting that you know dan is not invulnerable and he may very well not win the election he might but he might not um you know what are people in ward one telling you that they're looking for in terms of representation now
1: yeah, i was surprised um the biggest issue i'm hearing at the door is really about traffic safety so i didn't realize how bad it was and it kind of culminated in the really tragic accident that happened a little while ago, just a couple of blocks from my house. And Mm. it was um, also the grandson of um, a really strong green supporter. So it hit close to home. um, Yeah. In lots of different ways.
0: What was the accident? If you don't mind me asking, or if you can give details.
1: Yeah, there was um, two young men involved. um, they were turning on to one of the side streets off Grange Road, and um, one of them lost their lives and the other one is being um, charged with um, traffic violation. So it's just a really sad story all, along, all around.
0: That was the, the motorcycle accident. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple, but yeah, 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 the one in right in the center of Ward 1.
0: Yeah, that that is tough. Uh And I think that's also a universal issue um, in this election. Uh, People are worried about safety and people think safety uh, or people hear safety and they sometimes think about, you know, uh, break ins or, you know, assaults or things like that. But I I think when people are talking safety in this election, they really mean, you know, on the road, you know, the kind of pedestrian pun intended safety issues of, you know, not wanting to get run over by someone speeding through the neighborhood.
1: Yeah, there's definitely issues with people that drive, bike, walk, Um, and I'd I'd say also that other safety issues that were never really a concern in Ward 1 are becoming issues, so there's lots more porch pirates, lots more vandalism Mm -hmm. to personal property, Um, so yeah, I've I've left my wallet on the front seat of my car overnight by mistake (laughs) in the past, and that was Maybe 10 years ago, it would still be there in the morning, but I'm not sure it would be now. So it's really changed quite a bit.
0: You talk in your website about um, affordability, but you also talk about balance. Um, I'm wondering, can those two things coexist and and how can they coexist? Because, um, you know, there are a lot of financial pressures on... City Hall, a lot of needs to, to meet the, or a lot of demands to meet the growing needs of the community. So, um, you know, how, how in your mind do we balance those two priorities?
1: Yeah, I think they're always kind of presented as um, opposing opposing goals. And I think the same with the environment, that they're not actually opposing, that they're complementary. So... Some things I think would really help is to incorporate some diverse views. So we have this status quo of how we do things, and there's lots of great ideas. And even some of the things that will come up in council in the next term were conceived like five years ago Mm. when it was a very different world pre-COVID. So, um, yeah, I think by incorporating diverse views, um, lived experiences, actually talking to the residents, having surveys, like surveys, taking surveys as a science, and I think we can do it better to get better data about what really people would like. And then there's also novel efficiencies. So I was a grad student for the better part, part of my life, and I kind of almost never got out of that lifestyle. So um, where there's a will, there's a way you can find Ways to have what you want, but do it more efficiently, more cost effectively. Mm. So those are some of the ways. Oh, the last thing I wanted to mention was just building consensus. So Mm. a lot of times we talk about these things for an hour or whatever the set amount of time is. We come to the best conclusion we can in that time. But for the really big issues, I want to see us take the time to build more consensus around the horseshoe Mm. so i mean the library is a really polarizing issue right now and i don't think we should be voting on things when the community is that polarized we need to find a path forward that more people can live with before we we vote on it
0: well i did notice you mentioned on also mentioned on your website about consultation and I feel like the library is one of those kind of weird issues because you know it comes to the council everyone who delegates is for it but then you read the comment section on Guelph today or whatever and there are so many opposing voices and you know to use the science parlance you know what's the delta what are we missing
1: yeah definitely I think that's one thing we need to examine that in the budget we need to build some more consensus before it comes to a vote. Cause we don't want it to be based just on a couple of votes by council. We want more people to be happy with the path forward for sure.
0: All right. Well then that brings us to the most essential question of this interview, which is where can people learn more about you and your campaign?
1: Uh, my website is michellebowman.ca and there's links to all my social media accounts, my phone number, lots of emails. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from people.
0: All right. Perfect. Michelle Bowman, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, good luck with the rest of the campaign. Thanks so much. Erin Caton, thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Great. Uh, so, you know, you are a new face, um, so to speak, in in this election, So, why don't we just begin with talking a little bit about yourself and and, and where you come from and why you're running?
2: So, I am new to Guelph relatively. (laughs) I've lived here for about three years with my daughter. We moved out of Toronto after uh, we lived next to an illegally operating factory. (laughs) That was, (laughs) I know, was uh, kind of blowing industrial adhesives at our yard and house. So we ended up developing some environmental sensitivities and we wanted to move to a place that was more green and had better air quality. So we were looking around and we saw Guelph and it had uh, Riverside Park and we loved it and all of the trails. So we picked a spot on the edge of the city to move here.
0: I've lived in Guelph for almost 20 years and I still think I'm still kind of new here. Um, that seems to be the tenor <laughs> of the town. Uh, you're running in Ward 1. So can you talk a bit about Ward 1 as as sort of uh, a location in Guelph and, and sort of what that, uh, you know, what it means to Guelph and and and, and uh, why you want to represent it, I guess. So technically I
2: don't live in Ward 1. I live a block away from the new Ward 1 boundary. <laughs> But I'm like right at the edge of the city. And I think that a lot of places in Guelph have edge of the city problems and mm. Ward 1 kind of has that. So uh, right up where I am and for most of Ward 1, there's a really big lack of commercial spaces. We don't have uh, a lot of sidewalks even, or services, amenities. We kind of get forgotten when it comes to snow plowing and sidewalk plowing. And uh, we we don't have a lot of grocery options. Uh, there's no on-demand buses for most of the areas. So it seems like we're kind of like in this service black hole.
0: Mm. Edge of town problems. I I think there's probably, probably with the exception of Ward 5, I think probably every part of Guelph has edge of town problems. Um, Can you talk a bit about, And maybe this ties into what you are just saying, you you know, your campaign slogan there on your website, you deserve better, your voice matters. So I guess you've, you've tackled the, you deserve better portion. What is it that you think has been lacking in terms of representing, you know, constituent concerns at city hall that maybe you want to address in the second part of your slogan?
2: So it's kind of thing where we make a lot of promises, but we don't really deliver. Mm. And you know, they they've been talking a lot about the grocery issue for a long time. And there's a lot that gets put on one specific commercial property. Like they, they're like, well, if only the laws would do the laws, then we could solve all of the issues with this whole big, huge area. Right. And that's not true. Um, like, and it's so limiting, right? Like, so we can think about more ideas. Like, why don't we have little pop-up farmers markets? I talked to a whole bunch of people at the farmer's market downtown. I'm like, would you be interested if we had like these little zones where you could go and have a booth like once a week, like a lot of other big cities do. And they like, we're absolutely into that. So like, there's more than we could be doing. We just seem to be kind of, I don't know, mentally limiting ourselves to one solution instead of thinking more creatively and um, I'm a, I'm a single parent and I have disabilities, so I always have to kind of find a new way to do things or like a cheaper way or a faster way or like basically just kind of think outside of the box. Right. And, um, we can pull that into municipal services.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You, you did mention um, you are someone who lives with a, a disability. Um, you've worked a lot with the Accessibility Advisory Committee. I know that this was sort of an undercurrent running up to the election, particularly in regards of like, voting methods and things. Um, but but do you have a sense that um, a lot of these issues you're concerned about in regards to accessibility are, are sort of on top of mind this election?
2: Well, it depends on who you are, right? Mm. And there's a lot of things that are disability issues that are everybody's issues and you just don't know it, right? Like sidewalks are a safety issue for everybody, right? So lacking sidewalks, especially in the winter, um, any kid needs to cross the street. So you don't have to be disabled to need a sidewalk. And like our bikes have a wider wheelbase and so we need wider bike lanes and wider bike lanes are safer for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like you don't know, want especially I was <laughs> so I was riding on uh, Victoria Road with my daughter, and oh my god, it was terrifying. So she's kind of like wobbly, and she's going to go in this thing, and I was videotaping it at the time just for other like to make a video for fun. And she wobbles like right out of the bike lane, and I nearly lost my mind. So um, like that sort of thing. Like if we had protected bike lanes, it's not just for disabilities; it's going to help everybody. So they're just more like general safety issues. If you think about them in those terms.
0: Right. And I think that maybe confuses the, the issue um, that making life better for people with disabilities has no bearing on those of us who are able-bodied. Yeah. yeah.
2: If you've ever pushed a stroller, (laughs) then Then you'll know that like, there's a lot that you can get stuck in and, that's one of the reasons why I was helping out with the, the playground accessibility stuff. So like when, when you work on an advisory council, like the Accessibility Advisory Council, you kind of see a lot of plans go by, right? Mm. And uh, provincially they're required to have us, but they're not necessarily required to listen to all of the things we say. So they don't have to like accept the advice. We They have to hear it. And uh, when I saw that they were building five new playgrounds and none of them were accessible. I was like, oh seriously, are we doing this again? So um I went on Facebook as did a whole bunch of other parents and we kind of built this little community out of it of folks who wanted to see playgrounds getting built with like the rubberized surfaces and, and things like that. Um, but like if you're you got one kid in and they're on their swing and then you've got another kid in a stroller and you can't like push that stroller through all of those wood chips when yeah. your other kid falls. I'm like, are you going to leave your baby on the side? No, like you're just being like in a hard situation at that point.
0: I think that ties into though, the, you know, your, your campaign slope and your voice matters. What you're essentially saying is that even when you are kind of involved with the city um, on a like a, a direct level, like an advisory committee, it still feels like maybe your voice doesn't matter. And so that's something that needs to change.
2: Yeah, like we we shouldn't be forcing people to delegate in large masses in order to get heard, like even delegating is hard, Mm. right? Like we've got a certain amount of hours that you can do that and then the meetings run really long. It's like they don't really pay attention to all of the things they need to put on the agenda. Like Mm. those meetings should be like four hours maximum and I feel bad for you because you're the one like tweeting them out. I also love that by the way because that makes my life a lot easier. I can like read through that but uh it just seems inefficient, right? I'm a project manager. So <laughs> when I see projects like that and like the process kind of going awry, then like I just feel it in my heart.
0: I completely and totally get where you're coming from. Um, you, you, one of the things you did on your campaign website I found interesting was you, you did a list through of like, places of worship, parks, uh, that, that park section is particularly, uh, very large. Um, and I get the impression, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that parks are, I mean, you've already kind of addressed it, um, as we've been talking here, parks are, are a big priority, right? For you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, especially with like the pandemic and we've got like pandemic part two with monkeypox coming up and everything there's, you know, being outside is important, right? And it's not just important for health, but like mental health and activities and sports, like everything can be done in parks, right? Mm-hmm. You can be having the markets there. There's there's lots of opportunities. So uh, we need to have a certain amount of green space for our population. And we're supposed to be growing to like uh, 208,000 people by 251, mm-hmm. or twenty fifty one rather. And, and so like, that's that's a lot of people. So we need to have enough spaces for everybody to go and green spaces and parks are, are really a big, important part of that.
0: Hmm. So I guess that brings us to uh, the most essential question of the campaign for you as a candidate. And that is where can people learn more about you or your campaign or, or where, where can people connect with you online? <laughs>
2: So I'm, I'm all over the place online. That's my favorite place to be. <laughs> um, my Twitter account is at Aaron because I'm old and in tech. And so I kind of got in there first and my uh, website is aaronward1.ca. And, you know, if people actually just do want to call me even, then they can call me at uh, 365 800-6116 or you can email me, uh,
0: info at erinward1.ca. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Aaron.
2: Thanks.
0: Okay, so Dan Gibson, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, pleasure to
3: be here, Adam. Thank you.
0: So you're still running in Ward 1. Ward 1 is a very different creature in this election. Has uh, that sure. changed the race, and has, has that changed how you're running?
3: Uh, great question, Adam, and and thanks for doing this, by the way. Um, I, I think the, if I can be bold, and I'm mm. happy to be bold during an election, <laughs> <laughs> the, the ward, the old ward, so Victoria Road into the downtown is such a, a, a kaleidoscope of political ideas. Um, you get into the ward, you go door to door, you don't know who's answering. Um, and it's, it, creates a, it creates a really cool environment when you're, when you're knocking door to door, because you grow as a person, you hear other perspectives, you, you get things, you get challenged. Um, and so I will miss that uh, during this election. Um, the new—I shouldn't say I miss it. There are still lots of perspectives out in the East End. Trust me, there's a, a huge scope of of ideals in terms of labor and uh, in private sector. Um, there's a whole range of um, of political ideals. How we want to grow. So it, it's still challenging. I still love it. I still I still enjoy going door to door, meeting people. But I've always said the person who shakes your hand and says hello during an election is the exact same person you get after the election. Mm. Um, I do not put on it. I do not put on a change of clothes for the election. I am the person I am. And for that reason, I sleep well at night. I've, I've said that many times. I've got one story up there and um, and that helps. So
0: I would note, however, you shaved your beard for the election. And I, I wanted to You'll... note that because uh, this is audio. So
3: <laughs> I thought of you.
0: I thought of you this last weekend when I was taking it up. I'm like,
3: Adam's going to bring this up.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, you, you the, the portion of the East End that now makes up Ward one, um, and you, you kind of address this. It is a constantly shifting, constantly changing. It's a growing area. So, how has the, how has this portion of, of the East End changed over the last four years versus when you were knocking on doors last time? Um,
3: you know, th- there's new issues. There's always new issues. So, top of mind for all Canadians, uh, not just Guelphites. It's not immune. We're not immune to it. But mm. in, the inflation inflation is a huge issue facing Canadians right now, and in, in Guelphites as well. Uh, housing I say housing affordability, but I also say housing accessibility, mm. because there's a broad range of housing types that we do need. We need uh, we need uh, people who are looking to downsize, but staying well. we're looking to people who buy for the first time. We're looking for supportive housing. The accessibility of housing is a is a crisis, not just the affordability as well. Uh, and that's that's I'm hearing that door to door. I'm hearing about uh, cost of affordability. They, uh, you know the the lens of affordability comes all the way down to municipal taxation as well. So people want to know, um, not despite what people think, not everyone just wants their taxes to be removed or frozen or taken away. They want to know that they're getting really good value. Um, and so when they see the parks not being mowed, when they see the the baseball fields or the soccer fields not being maintained properly, that gets to them. That really bothers people. So my job, and I've said this many times is to ensure that there's transparency in how those services are being delivered and that the most value that we can get for those services are is being delivered for people because when you get past sort of ideals, the front door services matter, despite your, whatever your politics may be, the front door ma- services matter and people do care and notice those.
0: Yeah. Uh, is, is that, you know, you mentioned transparency and, and openness. Um, are, are you worried that maybe those things have been lacking? Perhaps it's, you know, not a, an intentional thing just because of the pandemic. It's harder to be accessible mm-hmm. in a pandemic uh, and, and be in, you know, sort of out and about with the people in, in that circumstance. And I guess, how do we change that going forward? Right,
3: right. Um, so accessibility, uh, in terms of being a counselor, you want to be accessible in terms of social media, email, phone. Those are all things that we always have to be working on. Uh, in terms of transparency, I, I I don't lay blame. I'm not pointing fingers. But there have been some decisions at City Hall that have not necessarily had the rigor of previous decisions. So I think of the the 1% infrastructure levy. The, ten, the promised 10-year compounding levy quickly turned into a permanent increasing levy that's baked into the budget. We no longer debate it. And then lo and behold, three years to four years later, we're now hiring staff to support operations with that money that was promised to only ever go to Capital Works. Um, so that was something that I was happy to bring transparency, even though I didn't make many friends at city all around council, <laughs> because they knew that it was a uh, they knew that that was a tough decision to make. And I was just one that was not going to make it. Um, and so, that, you know, transparency is something that I'm known for good or bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the library debate, I was very transparent on my positions. I felt like I articulated my positions. Well, I lost that debate. I lost that vote, but at the end of the day, I was really surprised and happy to see how many people reached out saying, Dan, we understood your position. We understood uh, what you were going for. We're happy you lost because we love libraries, but <laughs> we do, we do support and appreciate your perspectives. And I was very, tried to be as honest and transparent about my initial intentions on that file as I could.
0: You're describing a, a kind of idealism in politics that, uh, you know, we don't see very often anymore that, yeah, we can disagree. Thank you for the debate though. We're glad you yes. lost, but thank, but thank you for the debate. And, <laughs> um, you know, you're no stranger to courting those kind of controversies. So, um I mean, I guess how, how are you feeling about the political climate? There's a report today about the Canadians anger is up and, you know, as a well, as a well-known contrarian, are you feeling the heat, especially?
3: Um, I'll tell you, it's, uh, the, the politicization of, of many things in our community is at fault. It's not one political ideal. It's not the far left. It's not the far right. It's the politicization in general, politicization of, of across the spectrum. And, um, when I was thinking about this this morning, the people want authenticity. Mm. People want authenticity from the If I don't agree with something. They don't want me to gaslight them on why I support them, but I don't really, but I'll find a way to not support it. They want authenticity. They want motives on display. They want intentions on display. And when it comes to things like the library, I took it on. I took it on the brow for Mm. six weeks during that debate. Um, When it came to the dining district, that was another great debate. I think you weighed in on that one, too. I was willing to have those debates. I wasn't trying to gaslight anybody. I was simply saying, these are my positions. I push hard on them. But in the end, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But that is politics. And there's a number of councillors that I quite regularly debate on council um, that I'm friends with outside of council. And we've been able to bridge that um, political divide with just simply saying, I appreciate you as a person and you appreciate me as a person. We appreciate what each of us are doing in the community. We shake hands and we move on. And those relationships are are difficult to maintain. But when you have them, um, they are really good. They're really good for
0: the community. I had no intention of going down this rabbit hole, but you, you, keep, <laughs> you, you keep sort of pushing me down it. But, you know, so is that like a matter of practice or is that a matter of like kind of state of mind like you you, yeah. you approach this with with sort of these ingrained values as opposed to something like oh i really hate so and so for pushing me on this but i, I have sure. to ignore it you know how how is what's your approach it's never personal it's mm. not
3: personal that's mm. uh, at the end of the day I, I i love people i've been told i've been commanded to love people um and it's <laughs> not personal adam it's not personal um, I was at the baseball diamond. I, I coach baseball with Guelph Minor Baseball. Um, I was at the baseball diamond. We finished up a game, and a, and a council, um, a counselor who I regularly disagree with around the horseshoe came and was uh, practicing for their softball uh, tournament. And we must have engaged in a half an hour conversation. The sun went down on us <laughs> because it, nothing, nothing uh, associated with politics was discussed. It was all about how are the kids, how is your family, how is how is your mom, how is how is life. Mm. And it was just wonderful because it's never personal. It, it, if I lose a debate, if I lose a debate around the horseshoe, I don't go home. I sulk for a night. <laughs> but the <laughs> next time I come back to city council, I have to be prepared to work with people. And so it's, it's only when you see um, what you, what you uh, perceive as being um, uh, a, a loss of integrity when it comes to a debate. Right. That's when things struggle with getting interpersonal. but if you maintain a, a an authentic and impersonal and non-personal debate, you can you can get along with most people in this position.
0: Well, then let's look ahead um, to uh, you're an incumbent, so you have a particularly strong hand to play. so let's assume for a minute you uh, are able to achieve reelection. Um, sure. what, what are you eager to get down to business
3: with? Uh, yeah, thanks. So I'll I'll point out too that I do have eight years of tread on my tires. So there's <laughs> eight years of just of demonstrated voting. So some people say that it is an advantage. Some people see that as uh, people are allowed to know who you are. But uh, in terms of the next term of council, I, I think first and foremost we have to team build. I know I know it's an old saying, but you know post election, whatever's said, whatever's done during election, you have to shake the hands of your council board member, look for common ground, and try and work with each other. And I think that's something that will take place for the first three, four months, quite frankly. Um, In terms of the next term of council, uh, foundationally speaking, we have to be a council that does not look to add on. And what I mean by add on, we are already facing uh, a generational crisis in terms of inflation, uh, of cost of living, uh, affordable housing, uh, accessible housing. And we need to ensure that we are not adding on to the problem. Um, So we have a uh, a big budget increase scheduled for 2023. That will be a confirmation vote on that budget. I'd like to believe that we have a council that will roll up its sleeves, dig in, and see what we can do to affect that budget and really um, help. Again, to not add on to the to families and growth.
0: So that leaves us with the most essential question of any campaign: where can people learn more about you or the issues you're running on?
3: Sure, it's uh, dan gibson.ca. Uh, you can find me on social media. Um, at Dan Gibson, C-L-L-R, Dan Gibson Counselor. Um, But the website is up. Uh, My election platform will be up there shortly. Uh, We've got some fun things that we're going to be launching in the next few weeks, um, and we're excited to get going.
0: All right, perfect. Dan Gibson, thank you so much for uh, hopping on with us today. We appreciate
4: it. Thank you, Adam. I'm joined by Chidi Wene, one of the six candidates running for the two council seats in Ward 1 in the upcoming municipal election. So for the benefit of our, our listeners who may not know who you are, by way of a short introduction, can you can you tell us just a bit in general about yourself?
5: Yes, okay. As uh, so you guys know, my name is uh, Chidi Wene. I'm running for the uh, city council uh, for Ward 1. I'm uh, a community engagement specialist. I work with uh, non-profit and charitable organizations Uh. Here in Canada. Uh, before then, I've worked in various uh, non-profit organizations and uh, relief efforts in international development in more than twenty-seven countries. i been uh, in uh, South America, Africa, and Asia. Here in Guava, I've been living in the city of Guava for the past uh, twelve years. In the southern city of One, uh, which uh, is a place that I call home. Uh, here, that's where I raise my three kids with my wife. Now, I've been involved in a lot of uh, community-based uh, organizations here in Wealth trying to help our community. You know, the uh, because I believe that serving the community is better than being served. So uh, it's one of my key pillars so, uh, for my running. I believe that community and environment plays a very vital role. So uh, I bring all these uh, thing to the. Uh, I wish to bring these uh, skills that I've gained in all these years and. Travels to City Hall to bring a different uh, lights and bring diversity to the City Hall.
4: So you mentioned uh, you're an environmentalist there, among other things, and interestingly, running a paperless campaign, which is uh, I, I haven't actually heard of that. But uh, yes. <laughs> so, in, in in your mind, this time around, what are the key environmental issues either facing Ward One directly or uh, the city in general?
5: Yes, I you know as you know you might thanks for bringing this up. My campaign is paperless campaign. That means a hundred percent QR code uh, powered. So it's I'm an environmentalist uh, again, uh, and I I believe the environment is very essential in our community. You can see what is happening globally. There's a lot of flooding, wildfire global paper shortage you can google it up. so people are we are actually affecting us and again uh to tackle this a uh, climate crisis we need to tackle it from the grassroots the municipal level to people to change their uh, you know their way of living like in coffee alone in the city so almost responsible for more than five percent of the emission so uh, to cut down on you know some of the uh, root causes of environmental disaster we need to start from the grassroots so i have to show an example to cut my you know the mission of gas in the uh, west so that we can actually bring this forward uh, to the city hall to make sure every city services uh, we have to bear this in mind you know, uh, city buses to make sure they are sustainable and eco-friendly so that we can have a, a, a place to live. Because without the environment, we're not going to have a community.
4: Specific to Ward 1, it's almost exclusively the East End now. It's an interesting area. Yes. Majority residential and plenty of doors to knock on. So I take it you've been out and about. What have you been hearing from the people in Ward 1?
5: Yes, in Ward 1, basically what I hear like all the time is affordability. You know, everybody wants it's were concerned about the, uh, the affordable uh, aspect of livelihood, the housing, you know, things in general. So uh, like in Guafia, like 10 years ago, when we living here, it's, it's it's really affordable, but for the past, now, it's practically almost not affordable. So everybody's kind of worried about themselves and even the, the future of their kids. So uh, this is number one. Number two, people are really worried about their safety. You know, like you're talking about... a uh, homelessness, mental health and addiction is actually increasing. it's a big crisis in our city. Usually it's kind of concentrated in the downtown but believe me for the last couple of say a year or, or months or past a couple of months past, you've been encroaching into our neighborhood so we need, actually need to see to these issues to the, the grasp the, the causes of these issues to see how we can mitigate uh, this crisis that actually overwhelming uh, our city. And again, the other thing I'm hearing is uh, the projected population surge in the city of Guelph. Believe me, uh, this uh, issue is, is going to be one of the biggest uh, issue to face the city of Guelph in its history. So we are talking about almost fifty to 100,000 people coming into our city in the next 5 to 10 years. So we don't have the infrastructure, we don't have the uh, the, uh the structure to withhold this population coming in. So we need to be proactive, to have a visionary infrastructure plan to prepare for this population surge. So people are a little bit concerned based on what is happening. We don't even have rentals in our city right now. So if we don't have a robust plan, to have a visionary plan that is sustainable to hold folks that's coming in and to have jobs for them coming in, we might face a very serious problem in the very near future, I'm talking about two, three,
4: five years to come. So I'm kind of speaking to that, Ward 1 is one of the areas in town that's slated for some significant Expansion. reformatory <laughs> lands. The uh, Turfgrass Institute is going to be major residential. Uh, how would you like to see those changes transpire? How would you approach that uh, if you were elected?
5: Yeah, that's a very good question. I, I would vigorously support plans to make sure that we. Take into consideration a lot of uh, sustainable uh, uh, mixed uh, projects, housing, you know, green jobs, you know, to make sure that all the services there takes into consideration are uh, the environmental issues mm-hmm. and uh, housing issues, especially to bear in mind that people coming in here, some most of them are kind of uh, hardworking uh, class individuals that cannot afford. Like if you look into a city today, what do you see in uh, all these new subdivisions are? Exclusive condos, expensive condos, gated community, left and right. Who are the people buying all these homes? So we need to make sure that we have inclusivity in, in our future plan so that we can include hardworking golf residents so that they can able to afford the house. So again, to have robust plan to make sure that we include all these factors in this new uh, area that is just in the east end of Guelph.
4: Sort of speaking to that as well, one of the big ticket issues we always ask everybody uh, is the budget and taxes. Now, you've said you support a responsible and rational budget. So what, in your view, would be a uh, responsible and rational budget for the city?
5: Yeah, for me, responsible and rational budget entails not being aware of not just focusing on big projects, just like they, the one with the uh um, public library, you know, we can actually have a cheaper version of it so that we, we uh, the citizens of, uh, the residents of Kwa wouldn't be, uh, have to pay, trickle down to the uh, to the levies and tax being passed down to our, our, our residents. So we make sure make sure that we don't really embark on big projects, you know, unnecessary projects that actually wouldn't benefit our residents. So, before any uh, budget is being planned, we have to vigorously review the, plan, the, the budget to make sure that uh, we take taxpayers' uh, uh, money into account, not just bringing in bogus projects that benefit the few. So, we can actually be uh, conscious of being uh, sustainable, being uh, rational, and reduce our budget so that we can face our immediate and near future uh, problem without going above. Our, our means so that we, we we've, we're paying enough taxes already so we don't want to pass down levies and more taxes to our, our hard-working uh, Gulf residents
4: from what i gather your key campaign message is community that works for all which is a big picture approach you've spoken about some of the aspects of that can you talk about that a bit they would we'll break that down a little bit more
5: yeah I, I, thanks for bringing this up it's, it's one of the key uh, issues of my campaign as you know Guav has uh, still produces a homogeneous uh, council. There hasn't been any person of colour or even marginalised group in the city council. It's worrisome because I see this need for diversity in our city to, to reflect uh, uh, the people of our community. You know, living in Guaaf for two years, I've seen the, Guav, the city of Guav diversify and, and grow. And Guelph is one of the biggest, uh, uh, diversified city. Uh, in if not in Canada, it's it's growing. So we need to uh, have a diverse uh, city council. We need to have diversity in the city council so that we can reflect our uh, community. Uh, we can have representation of other groups because when decision making, we need to have different lenses to have an input. If we don't have this, the it, 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 it poses a big threat to the legitimacy of uh, the decision made in the council. So I am running on this to make sure that we have diversity in our city council to include all people of all backgrounds, all people of all ideologies. All residents need to be involved, to be engaged in the political discourse. So that's one of my key uh, points that I'm trying to send across to our, our community members, especially people in World War. Thanks for joining us again. If
4: people would like to find out more about you and your campaign and get in touch with you, how can they do that?
5: Yeah, you can just go to my website uh, chiriapokwa.ca. You can find out all the things we believe in, things we've been working on. And again, apart from the campaign, I've been in the for the past twelve years. I've been working with a lot of community organizations. So I believe in grassroots organization, i believe in grassroots uh, uh, organizations, grassroots uh, initiatives. That's why my campaign is community power. It's not me. Uh, the, the election is not, it's not about me or any of the candidates. Election is about the community. So every decision making needs to be rooted into our uh, public opinion, public conscience. So I'm not making the campaign about me. I'm not promising anything. But I believe that with everyone together, we can make our city one of the best cities to live. So if you go to my uh, website, you can actually see how you can support our campaign, join our campaign. You can always book one-to-one meeting, chat with me, coffee with me, or group chat. I'm willing to and ready to listen to your concerns.
4: Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Chidi, and best of luck on the campaign trail.
5: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the study.
4: And that's it
0: for this special edition of the show. We hope you liked it. You can stay connected to us at our website at opensourcesguelph.com. You can find us on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire, and we're on Twitter at OS underscore Guelph. You can listen to any episode of Open Sources by downloading it from our website. You can get it from the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or via your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, or you can check out my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca. You can find Scotty on Facebook and Twitter at Scotty Hertz, H-E-R-T-Z, and you can find out all sorts of information about CFRU, including programs and volunteer opportunities, and the weekly top 20 list you can find all of that at cfru.ca coming up on open sources in the next couple of weeks on the october thirteenth and october 20th show we will have interviews with the people who are running to be the next mayor of guelph that is at our regular time thursday at 5 p.m and for all things open sources or cfru stay tuned to this feed the hits just keep on coming and we will see you next time